This is your podcast for all things refinishing. I'm Lane Ball with Zebras Before and After. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 7. In this week's show, we step into the mind of a well-known stenciler, Caroline Gibson with Living on Saltwater. She's an award-winning furniture refinisher and she specializes in stenciling. She'll provide some guidance and share a few tips. We'll check in with Kristen of Shecto Interiors, Fabi of Blush and Ivy Design, and Stephanie with Yellow Barn Creations to find out what they're working on in their studios this week. The supplies have arrived at the doorsteps of our Zebra Furniture Flip participants. So that means game on. We'll chat with our host, Jen Talley, and our three participants to hear if they are excited, stressed, or maybe both. <laughs> and we'll hear from the 2021 judging panel for the Zebra Collective. Here are a refinishing tip, and it's time for another Did You Know segment. Stay with us. We have the inspiration, fun, and community that will platform your day. Caroline, it is great having you back on the podcast. You have developed an interest in stenciling over the last year, and that interest has developed into an expertise in stenciling. For those new to stenciling, and would like some clarification, share what it is exactly. Thanks for having me, Lane. I'm so excited to be back um, talking again. I love stenciling, and it is applying a design that is um, preformed on um, usually a sheet of plastic that um, you can place around um, your piece of furniture or your wall and um, achieve kind of a pattern um, or some extra detail look on your furniture or, or wall. And you are actually, once you put that down, you're using a brush to fill in those open areas of the stencil, correct? Yes, that's correct. Um, I use a brush. I know there are um, other methods, but I like using a brush the most because it allows me to control the the paint Mm -hmm. the most, in my opinion. So how did you get introduced into stenciling? Last year, I saw a couple of stenciled pieces that some other great artists did on Instagram. Um, Emily from 1379 did an amazing piece last year and a couple other artists, you know, I kind of just did a deep dive into seeing some pieces and kind of went on the the search for how to stencil furniture and found cutting edge stencils, um, which I know a lot of people have used and thought it would be just an awesome challenge for me creatively. Well, we're glad you took up that challenge. <laughs> we enjoy enjoy seeing what you're doing. The fact that you are a CPA during the day, very mathematical, analytical, do you think that lends itself well to stenciling? Do you think that has why you were drawn to it? It's definitely a puzzle um, and, you know, thinking things out and um, kind of conceptualizing um, how all the components are going to work together. So I think that it helps. It's definitely, you know, also completely different from a CPA and I get to use a different part of my brain. So I love that component as well. Boy, you're, you're gifted. You've got, you've got uh, expertise in both areas of the brain there. We all don't have that. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> I enjoy being able to do different things and I found that I was good at numbers and then over the last couple of years i found that i've also kind of good at the creativity stuff yeah well that's so nice now were you addicted after you did your first piece i was it turned out way better than i could have ever imagined and it was 
more fun than I, you know, thought it would be. And mm -hmm. I knew right then and there that I wanted to do more pieces and try different stencils. Well, you have several really good tips for stenciling effectively, and I'm eager for our listeners to hear them as you walk us through them. What recommendations do you have for someone who is going to stencil for the first time and they are trying to find a piece of furniture? I would say when I'm looking for a piece of furniture, I want something that is boring, basic, something that doesn't have a lot of moldings. If it does have moldings, then I would look into trying to removing them. One, because you want your viewer to be focused on the stencil part and to not be distracted by other things. And in mm -hmm. my opinion, you want the stencil to be the center of attention. Um, and also moldings can be tricky to stencil over like curved pieces. It, it can be um, difficult to kind of get a crisp, clean line on, on those parts. You know, that makes me think, you know, as you're doing a stencil, are there times when you've got your stencil and you've got your kind of plan in place that you also incorporate freehand? Uh, I mean, you're going outside of the stencil maybe to fill in an area that maybe the stencil didn't fit? Yes, I have done some other tricks to achieve the look that I've wanted. One of the stencils I've used a lot is it's very basic. It's just a straight like line um, and it'll give you a nice border around, you know, your top or your drawer. And um, I worked on, it was that a small um, table that I did in gray and white with the diamond stencil and that yep. stencil mm -hmm. I wanted to do that border on that the apron part you know mm -hmm. of of the piece and it was hard to do that border because the the top hangs over and that's one thing I would say to also note like is your top flush with the sides um, because that is something to consider and so I was able to achieve that border by masking off um, with tape instead of actually using the stencil. So mm -hmm. I, I think stenciling is thinking outside of the box and freehanding or, you know, thinking of other ways to achieve the, the stencil look in areas where um, your sheet of plastic may not fit appropriately. What about color? Is, do you have any recommendations for choosing uh, colors when it comes to stenciling? I think that you could go you know, truly two different ways. A lot of the stencils that I have done have been high contrast colors. Um, I've done a lot of navy and white. I've done this deep teal and gold one recently. I'm working on a white and gold one right now. And that is really going to make it a bold statement piece. Um, and if that's the look that you're going for, I would say you know, go with high contrasting colors. But I've seen a lot of stencil pieces where the colors are more subtle contrasting and maybe it's the same green, but just one or two shades darker between the base coat and the, the stencil paint. And I think it gives you a, a different look. Um, it's more softer, more subtler, um, and it's not that you know, kind of wow bold piece. So I think you can go two different ways. That's, that's good advice. And I suppose, you know, essentially it's just, you got a lot of latitude, just as you have a lot of creativity throughout the whole process of furniture finishing, you have that same latitude when it comes to uh, colors uh, as you stencil. 
what would you say to someone who loves the idea of stenciling and is curious to try it, but they aren't detail-oriented? I would say that being detailed-oriented does help, but as we talk about in, in, in accounting in, in my um, day job profession, you don't want to get so lost in the, the trees or the weeds that you can't see the forest. Mm. You know, you want to be able to step back and, you know, look at the overall design, but not get too caught up with individual components and um, are those, you know, perfect or, or exact. When I did my first stencil, there were some key components that I planned out, but I, I definitely did not have um, everything planned out from the beginning. And I, I think it would be overwhelming and too much to have every single component planned out. I knew that the most critical item when you, I think about stenciling and being detailed oriented is just making sure that you're measuring as you're placing each of your stencils. Is it level? Is the same amount um, hanging off each side um, or the top to making sure that everything is centered? I'll give you an example of my the first stencil piece that I did. It was the that the boho three drawer dresser. It's a bone inlay look. It has a bunch of vines and flowers, and that stencil kit had twelve pieces, and I did not use every piece. And I think if you go into it thinking that you have to use every piece, that could be um, overwhelming. And really, I knew going in that I wanted to do a line, solid line border around each of the drawers and the top. And then I wanted to center a particular stencil over the hardware holes. Mm -hmm. After that, I really didn't have anything planned out. I knew I wanted to make the drawers, um, like each side of the drawer look like a mirror image of the other. But if you look really closely, it's not a mirror image of the other. The stencils that I use didn't quite fill out half of the space. And so I had to put an extra vine in there with some leaves. If you look closely, you can see it. But when you step back, your eye doesn't notice it because you're looking for the drawer and the space to be filled in with something versus nothing. And so your eye doesn't notice it until you're, you're truly hunting for it. I have the privilege of looking at it as we're talking and I'm sure most of our listeners are not, but hopefully you can go out and check out uh, Caroline's work. I don't see it. <laughs> like This is like Waldo looking for Waldo to see where Waldo's at. I don't see where you've added this extra um, spot here. I mean, it's, it's really beautiful. It's really neat how you've got the top drawer different from the two bottom drawers. It's just fascinating. I wonder how many parts of the 12 did you use? Do you recall? Maybe half of the pieces, um, to be honest, you know, there, and there were some that, you know, I didn't use the whole stencil. The, if you're looking at this, um, boho stencil dresser, the part where that is centered over each of the hardware holes, 
that is not the full stencil that was on the the piece of plastic. I just kind of marked off a square um, mm-hmm. or a rectangle and um, with some um, painter's tape and just taped out um, a spot that I thought was good and kind of equal on both sides and then you know, filled in the remaining of the space with a different stencil. So don't think that you're, you have to use everything that's printed on the stencil, um, especially in this case here where it is not a repeating pattern. It's more, this one is definitely a more organic and more artistic stencil. Uh, you accomplished its purpose because it looks like it was made for this piece of furniture. Uh, and so that's, and I know that's what you're after there. So that's, that's neat to see that. What kind of experience should a refinisher expect when stenciling for the first time? I will say that it is not going to, to be perfect. Uh-oh, uh-oh, that's an alert for the cleaning classic people, isn't it? <laughs> it is, and I love cleaning classic. I love, you know, we talked about mid-century modern, and, you know, that was what I won for the Golden Brush Awards, and I love that style as well. I also love that stencils are not going to be perfect, and I think that that is just such a blessing because one of your goals is to minimize bleed through so that Mm. you are trying to achieve um, a crisp pattern as much as possible, but your design is not going to look like it's laser printed from a factory. And that's definitely something to communicate to your buyers if you're selling. And it's also um, your pattern and your stenciling is not going to have the same opaqueness across the the pattern. I usually normally go over my stencil twice to make the stencil less translucent and, and have a bolder stencil pattern, but you will have variations and that's okay. And I think that's the beauty of stenciling is that it's it's a handmade piece that has a handmade look that's not going to be replicated by a machine. And with stenciling, no two pieces will ever look the same. You know, I can, someone can use the exact same stencil as me on their piece, but it will never, it it won't look the same as, as what I did. Yeah. Let me ask you a quick question. So when you say that usually go over your pieces twice uh, or over the stencil twice, this may be a crazy question, but when you have your stencil down for the first time, you've taped it down and you're doing the stenciling, do you pull that up, let that dry? Can you go back with the stencil or do you do it, you leave it there, let it dry, and then come back with a second coat? I leave it there and let it dry and I don't let it dry fully. It will get tacky enough in, you know, a couple of minutes that you can go over it and get more opaqueness of the stencil paint. You're not having to leave it there long for the paint to get tacky enough to kind of go over again. And then I pull my stencil up and move on to the next area. Yeah. And I I would have to agree with what you said earlier too, because uh, with respect to the perfection side of this thing, is that Going into it, realizing that this is not about perfection, it's about creating a look that wasn't produced or mass produced in a factory. And that's what gives it that artistic appeal. And uh, I I would think that's what, you know, most furniture finishers that are going to stencil, you know, would be after. 
you know, that's also true of, you know, most buyers who are coming to furniture artists for, for furniture. They aren't looking for something that's cookie cutter. They're looking for something that's a unique piece. So I think it, it lends itself well to our industry. So where should a refinisher start? Somebody who's wanting to do it, what recommendations do you have? So I have Stencil eCourse, and um, it's on my website at livingonsaltwater.com slash courses. It is a four-hour video course. It's not four hours and straight through. There are a bunch of different videos, mm-hmm. and it shows you stenciling the entire process of the blue and white bar cabinet I did um, last fall. But in that course, you know, I recommend starting with a small stencil kit that has a few stencil components. I think starting with the a 12 piece kit could be, you know, really overwhelming. My um, favorite stencils are at Cutting Edge Stencil and the kit that I demonstrate in that course has three stencils. Um, There's a solid border stencil, there's the geometric pattern stencil, and then there's this like this plus sign stencil that goes well with everything. And I think those smaller kits are just easier to work with and are helpful when figuring out placement because like I said, you're not as overwhelmed. Um, cutting edge stencil has a lot of other fur- furniture stencils. The furniture stencils tend to have a smaller repeat pattern than wall stencils to, um, since, you know, furniture mm-hmm. is, you know, has smaller doors and, and everything. And when you're starting out, I do recommend, you know, getting a scrap piece of wood and doing test stenciling on there. That will help you, you know, figure out how much or paint you really need on your brush to minimize bleed through and just give you, you know, a no pressure zone to try out stenciling. I really like that idea. (laughs) It's like there's no risk on it, you know, when you when you go that way. I suppose is there really a lot of risk even if you're doing it on the piece? Uh, all furniture refinishers know about sanding, don't they? So, oh yes, and and I will say I have stenciled before and it did not come out correctly. And I used a wet paper towel and I wiped it off and let it dry for a little bit and went back. So if you mess up, you know, don't think that you have to you know let it dry. Wipe it off with a wet paper towel and then you can move forward. What about the stencil itself? Are they reasonably priced when you buy these and i would assume because of the material they're made out of you can use them again i mean you don't get rid of them after you're stenciling yeah i think that they are reasonably priced there are usually sales as well um that are that happen pretty frequently for stencils and they are very durable as you're going along stenciling you will want to wash your stencil periodically even in the middle of designing so that way paint doesn't build up on it and kind of distort the pattern but they are definitely reusable i've i keep reusing them i hang them up with some hangers that you would hang up pants with that have the little clips on in a closet and it's a great storage for whenever you need it again well very good uh why don't you one more time share with our listeners your uh information so that they can check into your uh, four-hour course and as well check out i know they're going to want to see these pieces that we are this piece that we've talked about Yes, I am on Instagram and Facebook at Living on Saltwater. And then I have a website with all of my information with the course, and you can reach out there. It is livingonsaltwater.com. 
Caroline, really good insight on stenciling. You have made it very appealing, and I know many of our listening friends will want to give it a go if they haven't already. Most in this industry love changing things up a bit and trying new techniques. So I would venture to say there's going to be a lot of new folks trying stenciling. Thanks, Caroline. Thank you so much for having me. Support for Zebra's Before and After comes from Zebra, the brush company that produces application-specific paintbrushes that will literally change your paint life. Whether you are painting a room, creating a craft, or refinishing a furniture piece, Zebra has you covered. Each one of our thoughtfully designed brushes has a specific purpose in mind, and each one is packed with unique and proprietary filaments that are smaller in diameter, allowing us to give you 25% more filament pack out than your standard brush. That translates to smooth finishes and fun brushing. Zebra brushes give you the opportunity to fill your work and guide it to your desired destination. Enjoy and paint on. It's time to hear what your refinishing friends are up to. Here are a few reporting on what they're working on in their studios this week. Hi friends, this is Kristen Litka from Chateau Interiors. I'm just checking in to share my latest piece. I'm currently working on a vintage Mersman table. I painted it with Chateau Interiors milk paint in village green. It's a fun pop of color. I used my Zebra Palm Pro brush because there's a couple tight little spaces on this piece. And I used the Zebra Square brush on the tapered legs. I hope you guys are doing well and stop by my feed soon to see the finished product. Hi, this is Fabi, the owner and artist of Blush and Ivy Design. And this week I am working on a nine drawer MCM dresser along with a nightstand. I will be painting both of these pieces in an olive color. I'm also gonna leave some exposed wood and I'm gonna be doing a fun pattern to the sides of the drawers in sage. So there's a lot going on, but there's a reason why, because these two pieces are actually not a set. So I'm trying to combine and incorporate both styles with the power of paint. I can't wait to show you guys what I come up with and I hope you all have a fabulous rest of your week. Hey everyone, this is Stephanie with Yellow Barn Creations and this week in my barn, I'm gonna be finishing up a commission piece. My client decided to go with a beautiful, bold emerald color for her desk. It's called Black Evergreen by Bear Paint, which I mixed up with my BB Froche paint transformer. For the top, I'm gonna to be trying out something new. I'm gonna try faux wood technique in a whitewash tint, which I've never done before. So I'm really excited to share with you guys the results on that. Also this week, I'm going to do a pair of nightstands along with a sweet little round parlor table, which was a curbside find, which means it's going to need some YBC TLC. Hopefully you guys check out my page to see the end results and enjoy the rest of your week, everyone. It's really fun to hear what's happening in your studios. Now it makes me want to go check out your social media feeds. I'm sure many of you, if not most of you, are following along with our Zebra Furniture Flip event. Our host, Jen Talley, with Perfectly Imperfect Furniture, picked out three ugly duckling furniture pieces that are in desperate need of a makeover, and I would say for sure. The goal is to flip them into beautiful swans. Jen, you have done such a good job encouraging our participants. Are you enjoying the event? Oh, thanks, Lane. Yes, I am enjoying it so much, even more than I ever thought I would. Well, I know that you have been invaluable to them in many ways and as well to the community. So let's check in with our three participants, Jess, with Refresh by Jess, 
Jeanette with Vintage Roots Painted, and Candace with Casually Southern. You guys doing okay? Having fun or getting stressed or both? Yes. Having fun. I'm having lots of fun. <laughs> Very good. Jess, you having fun? Yeah, yeah. I've, 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 had, I've come into a few challenges, but for the most part, it's still exciting, and I'm most excited to get some paint going on it today. So you guys have been prepping as you have eagerly awaited the product from Mud Paint, D Lawless Hardware, as well as our Zebra Brushes. And now you all have all of your supplies. That is terrific. Are you guys happy with what, what you picked? Definitely. Yes, very excited. Absolutely. Jen, what are your thoughts at this point in the uh, process? I am just so excited. I think that like I can feel I can feel where they're at too because I know exactly how they feel at this point in the process because so much of your time goes into the prep and the inspiration for the piece and once you're finally able to get your paint on that piece, dip your brush in in that paint can that's like the best feeling in the world so they've done all the hard work and I feel like this is like now it's the fun part so I'm getting really excited about it well each of you have already used at least one lifeline listeners can watch those lifelines on our IGTV channels Jess asked for help picking hardware Jeanette asked for help about using mud paint for the first time and Candace asked for guidance on a painting technique And it's important to note they each have a lifeline left, so we'll see if they use them. Jeanette, you have an awkward piece in your hutch. Are you concerned at all as to how this hutch is going to turn out? No, actually. I'm really excited that it's all coming together. It's uh, Now that it's primed, it's not looking very hodgepodge anymore. So, yeah, I'm very excited about getting that paint on there. Yeah, so are we. We can't wait to see it. That's such a unique piece. And I said awkward because it just seemed like some of the pieces didn't all go together well. So you've you've got quite a challenge, but I'm excited to hear that you're very positive about it. So that's cool. Candice, you had to separate your piece into two nightstands. Did that go smoothly? It did. It went pretty well. Um, I have never done that before. So this is something that I was kind of learning as I went along. And I realized um, after separating them, there was some wood that I needed to cut to fit in there, fit in there. And then I could bondo it. Um, also I had to, I had to secure some wood, find some wood that, um, is in the Oak family because I, this piece is made of Oak and I wanted to cut some back plates out. And so I had to search through our different types of wood that we have, um, here in our shop. And so that was interesting trying to find the right species and that kind of thing and, and get that back plate cut. But overall, it went pretty well, and um, I didn't uh, didn't have any hitches, thank goodness. So you were doing some woodworking on the side. Oh, yes. I um, <laughs> I learned how to use the bandsaw in seventh grade in shop. So Did you? I was, I was so thankful that I had that previous training because I actually used the bandsaw to cut those pieces out. Yeah, honestly, I think that's one of the neat things about furniture finishers is they're not just painting using a brush. Uh, they're using power tools and they know the different kinds of wood. <laughs> so it's uh, it's quite a lot of uh, opportunity to do multiple different things. Jess, you had major stripping take place and some bleed through when you were priming. How many coats of primer did you end up using? Four. I definitely um, did not see that coming. And it was... Um... By the second code, I could see that I would at least was going to subside. Um, but yeah, <laughs> definitely, um, definitely took some 
more labor than I'm used to. And then just re, you know, stripping all of it was, I felt like my hand was, was vibrating for days after. Cause it just was, it, it was, the paint was very, very tough. I'm pretty sure it was lead based paint. Um, so I'm super happy that it's all gone. <laughs> now, some listeners may, they may be saying, why did you get bleed through? Can you explain that? Yeah. So, um, it's a mahogany based, um, piece and it was actually, different. There was a, it was like pressed or, or veneer throughout the whole body of it. So a lot of times the top and the sides, um, um, are, are more consistent for just solid wood, mm-hmm. but that, so that red from the mahogany is, is bleeding through. And it was actually the first time that I've also had a mahogany piece. So I've seen, thank goodness, thanks to other artists and refurnishers and watching um, them on Instagram and how they've come across that obstacle. I already had a jump start to use, um, you know, the Zinsor Ben shellac based primer to settle all of the, the red. Yeah. And I guess the general rule is you just keep putting the coats on until you see no bleed through. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, you, there, there are, I would typically use a water-based um, or clear primers for the most part. Um, but this, this primer is a one-stop shop if you ever have any issues like that or on to, to bare wood for sure. You, you tackled it and accomplished it. So <laughs> accolades to, to you and all of you guys. It's, it's neat to see the process take place. Well, any final thoughts, Jen, before we send them off to begin painting? I just want to tell you guys that I am just so proud of you and just so excited for how much work you've already done and for how much work you're doing. I have to tell you, I have been getting so many messages of people that are watching this and they're just super excited. I, when I share your guys' stories or when I share um, the check-ins, I get messages like, you know, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that she stripped and sanded that whole thing. It already looks so much better. And oh my gosh, how cool that that vanity is now nightstands and things like that. So I just think that people are really loving this. And um, I just want to thank you guys for doing it. I am so excited and just can't wait to see what you guys come up with in the end. Okay. Well, Keep up the great work, everyone, and happy refinishing. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Lane. Last week, we featured our 2021 panel of judges for the Zebra Review. This week, we want to highlight the judging panel for our quarterly contest, Zebra Collective. We want to say a special thanks to Susie with the White Plum. She's not able to remain on this year, but was faithful in serving last year. We certainly wish her the best, and we will continue to stay in touch. This year's panel consists of Courtney with Steel Birch Studios, Sarah with Olive and Fern, Jeannie with Blush Vintage, and Emily with 1379 Design. Now it's time to hear a few words from each of them. Hey guys, this is Courtney with Steel Birch Studios, and I'm one of the judges for the Zebra Collective. And I love being a judge because um, our community is growing and there's so many, um, so much more work being submitted and it's great to see um, all these people come on board. So I look for uh, a couple things, originality and creativity. I like seeing bold colors and unique patterns and designs that, um, you know, are just really unique and stand out. That something that maybe we haven't seen before that stands out to me a lot. And then I also look for staging and photography. Um, having clear photos and unique staging, but also not over the top. Uh, I think it really grabs your attention and and brings the focus on the piece itself. So I uh, wish everybody luck, and I look forward to seeing all your submissions. 
Hey everyone, Sarah from Olive and Fern here. Just wanted to say I'm really looking forward to seeing everyone's submissions for the Spring Equinox contest by the Zebra Collective, and best of luck to everyone. Hello, furniture refinishers. This is Jeannie with Blush Vintage Design, and I'm also one of the judges for the Furniture Art Collective contest going on right now. We are looking for all things spring. So when I think spring, I think fresh, new, I think pastels, anything that looks sunny and bright to welcome the new warm weather. Hello, refinishing friends. This is Emily of 1379 Design, and I'm also one of the judges for the Zebra Collective Refinishing Contest, courtesy of the gals of the Furniture Art Collective hashtag group. We are doing our spring equinox refinishing contest right now, so we are looking for Spring vibes, pastel colors, light woods, florals, anything light and airy. So don't forget to tag your refinished pieces that fit that description with hashtag Zebra Collective so that we can be sure to review them, share them to our stories, and consider them for one of the many prizes we have going on. Thanks, guys. We have so much opportunity for you all to participate in our weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annual contest, and we have tremendous judges across the board. Stay tuned for the news at the end as we share two contests currently taking place that you will want to participate in. Today's refinishing tip comes from Meg with MW Home Goods. My name is Meg from MW Home Goods, and my biggest refinishing tip is to give yourself grace. Everyone makes mistakes, including the experts. The key is to just learn from those mistakes and keep it fun. I know everyone appreciates your encouragement, Meg. Great tip to remember. Did you know that the primary colors are red, yellow, and blue? I'm sure most of you knew that, but it's always good to have a refresher, right? Well, what about the secondary colors? Any guesses? Yes, you got it. Orange, violet, or purple, and green. You get the secondary colors by mixing two of the primary colors. If you mix red and blue, you get purple. If you mix red and yellow, you get orange. And if you mix blue and yellow, you get green. Let's go a little deeper in the color wheel. What about tertiary colors? These colors are made by mixing equal parts of one primary color with a secondary color. They are sometimes referred to as an intermediate color. By mixing these colors, you get more natural, earthy tones. When you go a little further into color theory, you look at complementary colors. Every primary color has a secondary color that complements it. So for green, the complement is red, the complement of orange is blue, and the complement of violet, or purple, is yellow. Obviously, this is just skimming the surface on color theory, but it's fun to explore options when dealing with color. And for all of you, especially those that love mixing colors, it's a fun aspect of refinishing. If you didn't know the basics of color theory, well, now you do. It's time to celebrate the spring equinox in the Zebra Collective. Because spring is full of color, flowers, and sunshine, the opportunity to enter with your interpretation of a piece that looks like spring is wide open. We are excited for spring now more than ever as we look forward to bright days ahead. Any furniture refinishing beginning January 1st, 2021 through April 23rd, 2021 can be entered. A big thank you to our sponsors, Country Chic Paint, Olive and Fern, D. Lawless Hardware, the Golden Hour Art, and Zebra Paintbrushes. Make sure you tag your pieces with our hashtag, Zebra Collective. 
Announcing the April Zebra Review Contest. April's theme is pastels. As we transition from winter to spring, there is a bit of blending that takes place with colors. You take all the white and blues of winter and then you mix that in with all the brilliant colors that start popping out on the trees and flowers and well, you get pastels. We are super excited about this theme and as well about our sponsors. We have House and Canvas. We have House and Canvas, D. Lawless Hardware, Surf Prep Sanding, and Zebra Paintbrushes. Any furniture piece painted in a single pastel color or multiple pastels from January 1st, 2021 through April 30th, 2021 can be entered simply by using the hashtag TheZebraReview. Make sure you enter. Our judging panel is eager. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Zebra Blogs Before and After Furniture Refinishing Podcast. Today's episode is also featured on thezebrablog.com along with contact information for today's guest. Your comments and suggestions for future episodes are always welcome, and we encourage you to share those by clicking on the podcast slide in our header at thezebrablog.com. That's zebra with an I blog.com. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and happy refinishing.